Blog Talk Radio. Hello. Please leave a message after the... Are you ready to take a bite out of the competition? Are you looking for ideas to make your business better? Welcome to the Core Business Show with Tim G.K. Sponsored by Apple Capital Group. At the core of every successful business, you'll find people making a difference. And with each episode of The Core Business Show, we talk with those people, examine those ideas, and explore the strategies that make them special. Now, the host of The Core Business Show, Tim Jacquet. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another edition of The Core Business Show. I'm Tim Jacquet, your host. Today, I have the pleasure of having uh, an artist, Jaime Cortez. We're going to talk about a new release called Grace and Love. If you'd like to join in the conversation, feel free to go ahead and email us at info at the Core Business Show or pose a question in the chat room, or you can give us a call at 347-324-3460. Jaime, welcome to the program. Good morning, Tim. How are you? Uh, fine and dandy. Thank you for coming on the program to talk about your album. Hey, no problem. And uh, 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 hello to all of your listeners. And it's glad to be. Uh, I don't know where you uh, are. You in Portland right now? Uh, yeah, we're live right now. Okay. Yeah, I, I am in Phoenix, Arizona, and boy, it's pouring rain. It should be sunny and you know warm, but it's very cold and dreary today. So it's a strange day. <laughs> I guess uh no, if your uh two other colleagues, I think Bob Hurd and um Esmar Cortez, we love the number Elias for them. Cortez, yeah. Okay, if they call in then we can they go ahead and join in. But I guess tell us about yourself for a second. Um uh you in Phoenix, uh Arizona? Yes, I am. Okay. Uh kinda of tell us about yourself if you don't mind for the ones who haven't uh who don't know you. Then we can yeah. kinda of dive into the project. Sure, sure. Uh, I I am a music minister in the Diocese of Phoenix. I have been here for many, many years, almost 30, uh, as a minister of music. And, and uh, I have, uh, I'm have director of music and liturgy at a parish in East Mesa called Holy Cross Church. I also write music for the Catholic Church in the United States, with uh, the focus being on the bilingual communities in English and in Spanish. And uh, Oregon Catholic Press, OCP, you know, OCP Publications now uh, publishes that music. It's available for people who need, have communities that are bilingual or multicultural and need music that celebrates, uh, you know, in, in, at the, in the same moment, you know, for people with different languages. So, and, and which is the focus of this new recording, this uh, Grace and Love, que la Gracia y Amor. It's one of the newest recordings that has new material uh, in, in English and in Spanish for worship, you know, all for mass. Uh, it's a, a new product that uh, OCP has released uh, uh, due to the as a product of the collaboration between uh, writers Elias R. Cortez, Bob Hur, and myself. Wow! Tell us how this project came to be. Uh, can you say that again? Uh, how this project came to be? Uh, how did you guys come up with the the idea for the project? You know, uh, many, many years ago, almost 20 years ago, Bob Hurd, who's a terrific and, you know, well-known writer of ritual music for for the Catholic Church, uh, presented an idea to me that had had to do with creating music that was flexible enough to be written in English entirely, in Spanish entirely, but also with a bilingual option so that communities that were starting to grow at at that time in Spanish communities uh, had some material that they were able to use whenever the, the, the two communities were together, the English-speaking and the Spanish-speaking were present at the same mm-hmm. time. And so uh, we, that, that collection is called Somos el Cuerpo de Cristo, We Are the Body of Christ, 
and and um, it, it just worked out very, very nicely. It's a, just a wonderful collection. It was very successful, and many other communities in the United States that need that material really loved it. So at some point, Bob Bob Hurt was was talking about maybe doing some sort of a sequel to that, and uh, and about a year and a half ago, maybe that's a little longer than maybe about three years ago, uh, Eliasar Cortez um, and Bob Hurt and I were present in the same meeting. We were out together at a, at a composers forum, and we we had a chat there, you know. And Bob said, you know, I, I think this is a good time for us to you know to maybe do a little sequel, what do you guys think? And so he kind of put the, proposed the project, and we all jumped at the chance. And uh, and it was also a very interesting experience. You know, now with technology, collaboration happened in many levels. You know, and sometimes we were present in the room, you know, doing things together. Sometimes we did things by computer and by sending MP3s or by telephone messages. Uh, and, and, you know, so it was, it was a variety of ways of how we worked together. And sometimes it was the three of us together. Sometimes it was only two of us. And uh, and so you know it just this product worked out and it, it, it's really a very very nice very nice collection of music. How does it, the technology today, uh, going back to your collaboration with the uh, with Bob, heard in uh, El- Elizar? Yeah, how is that? I mean, do you guys Skype in and kind of do a Skype conference, uh, or one person start with an idea and say, hey? Uh, come with some person come with a part of a chorus or lyrics. How did collaboration actually come together? A lot of times, well, the internet certainly was, you know, the essential thing. You know, the core of how we did this. And well, I, I think it began at the uh, first with emails. You know, Bob would would maybe send an email saying, "Here are the scriptures that we need to focus on," and we would look at those scriptures and study. And, and then the next thing will be maybe uh, one of us sending a sketch. You know, through uh, I think all of us work with a uh, with some software programs that score music, and so we would send scored sketches, you know, to to each other. Uh, in my case, although I also like to record uh, demos in my home, so uh, so I have the capability of doing that. So I, I would record a little bit of a maybe a simple version with just a few instruments and my voice, uh, just sending them the you know those those ideas and saying, hey, how about this? You would you would then compress them into MP3 forms. And those would be emailed to the different composers, and they would listen to them. And sometimes I would, it would be nice. You know, I would get a, a sketch from Eliazar, and I would read it and say to him, oh, "Okay, so are you? Are you think that you are hearing this idea like this?" And I would create the demo tape for the, for him, do a little demo recording, MP3, you know, compress it to MP3, email it to mm-hmm. him and to Bob, and they will be able to listen to what would the song be like. And then they would give me feedback and say, oh, you know, let, let, you know, by email they would say, let's do this or let's do that. Sometimes we would have a conference call, but it would be rarely. Most of the stuff was done through the Internet, through email and through MP3. Is it really difficult writing things bilingually? I know that in one genre it's easy to write things with all in Spanish uh, because that actually it changes the flow on certain patterns of how you actually write a line or even a chorus. When it comes to bilingual, is it a little bit more difficult uh, than versus writing all in Spanish and writing all in English? And then also the concept, hey, now we have to make one bilingual. How does that play a part of this whole scenario? Because it, it, it seems like it sometimes is a challenge because of the phrasing within Spanish and English. Yeah, that's an excellent question, actually. Um, you know, what we do is... Uh, what we do is... Uh, we would we would 
sometimes, you know, you would have to look at the text in both languages first. And uh, and so then what we would do is then make a decision. You know, it, it would be not not all the time, but it would be in in general, the Spanish language would need more syllables. Uh, I'm sure that you you I think Tim, you're familiar with some of the worship in Spanish, right? So some of the music in Spanish, you know, it needs more syllables mm -hmm. in the words. And so what we would do is then we we would take a look at a text and say, okay, how can this work for us here? Sometimes. You would have to divide a phrase, maybe you know, or maybe a, a, a whole sentence, and decide right away which which of these is going to have the necessity of having a rhythmic idea in music. You know, they would have more syllables, and which part of the melody or which part of the idea will have less. For, for, so we would leave space for the English text. Sometimes, if you start with the English with the Spanish text first and write melodic ideas in the Spanish text, then the English can be. Uh, adapted you know, later after that. Wow. Now, even the challenge from that, doing that from English and, and Spanish is one thing, but bring, now bringing it to a bilingual level, same, another element which another right. piece takes I think a little you know, more time. It, it, it's, it's a complicated thing sometimes. Here's what we what the bottom line for us. We want to be mm -hmm. careful when we're creating a bilingual version of a song that we want to make sure that no idea gets um, cheated. You know, so if, if you are going to get a, a you hear it in one language, you, you we want to make sure that you get a, a complete thought in it. So, uh -huh. that, so that it doesn't only have like half of the sentence in English and half of the sentence in Spanish. That would still be considered bilingual, but none of the two speakers, you know, the language speakers, would get a complete thought. So the decisions that are made are always based on how can we make this so that the entire text of this is a complete thought? So if, 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 for example, you are going to say something like taste and see the goodness of the Lord, you know, we wouldn't say taste and see in Spanish and then the goodness of the Lord in English because that wouldn't make sense. None of the two would be a complete thought. So you would have to make decisions. So what are you saying here? How are you going to put this in both languages? Uh, how many syllables will it take? And then so melodically, how can we make this fit so that you can do it in one language and then in the other? A lot of times it, it's easier to design the melody based on the Spanish text because there's more syllables needed, and then from there you can adapt the English one. If you start with the English one, sometimes it's, it's, English language is much more direct and needs less uh, syllables, and then when you want to write the Spanish one, you, you get stuck with the fact that you have you haven't finished the, 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 the syllables in Spanish for the sentence and you are out of music already. So sometimes it just has to be a carefully crafted. It's a lot harder than people think it is. You know, for, for these songs imagine. to have worked the way, yeah, for them to have worked out the way they are now and when you present them to people and they have a bilingual option, and it just seems very seamless, you know, like it's very effortless. It, it has taken already a long time. And when you're talking about text of verses, you know, things, it just becomes very complicated. But, you know, well, it's, it's a painstaking thing. You know, you just have to work at it. We're going to take a break real quick and we'll be back in a moment. And sure. kind of tell us how uh, you guys actually create the different styles for the different pieces. And then I'll give you a chance to think. Of, uh, we've loaded all the tracks and probably uh, give us a couple of tracks that, I guess, kind of give you an, an idea to represent this the, this particular body of work. We'll be okay. back in uh, probably in, uh, in 40 seconds. you listen Great. to the Core Business yeah. Show. Great. You're listening to The Core Business Show, sponsored by Apple Capital Group.
Apple Capital Group in Jacksonville, Florida, is a commercial lender that specializes in asset-based loans, equipment leasing and financing, invoice financing, commercial real estate loans, and asset-based financing in the U.S. and Canada. Apple Capital Group is a direct lender that lends on their private equity investment portfolio. 90% of most loans are decided within two hours and vendor funding within 24 hours after documents are completed with a one-page application. No slow no's, just a quick decision and a fast yes. To get more information about lending from Apple Capital Group, call 866-611-7457. That's 866-611-7457 to speak with one of our loan specialists. Or visit us right now at applecapitalgroup.com. Welcome back to The Core. Once again, here's Tim Jatan. Well, we're talking about uh, Grace and Love Project by OCP, and we have uh, Harmony Cortez on the phone. And I guess to pick up what we left off regarding the musical styles, uh, I'm sure that's a foundation that you use scripture first. Then you have to think of what style you're going to actually set this to. Tell us about the different styles. Okay, well, uh, Grace uh, Grace and Love, Gracia y Amor, this bilingual collection, actually – we decided early on in the project that we were going to have a variety of styles. We wanted to give um, uh, the listener and the, and the director of the different uh, choirs opportunities to have to try different things. Uh, so, so it, it, within that, you know, we we also one of the one lonely things about Spanish music is that there's so many different variety of rhythms that you can use. And not only that, but the influences that we, the three of us, have. You know, Bob has certain. Uh, influences, you know, he has lived in Guatemala and he's served in different places in Central America. Uh, Eliazar is from Mexico, and I am from El Salvador in Central America. So we all have different musical influences. So that also came into play about how we were going to do the styles. But another thing that we wanted to try was to be a little bit more free in the recording studio. So some songs, you know, we, we literally sat in a circle and and, uh, and played them to each other and said, okay, this is nice. And, you know, we made a little bit of, like I said, like I mentioned earlier, demo tapes of some of these things. So we had some idea how we wanted the song to go. But when we were in the studio and we were together, the three of us there and musicians were present, you know, to do the different instruments, uh, we were also very willing and open to, to have other ideas. So in some, some cases we even said, well, let's try this in rock and roll style. Let's try this in mariachi style. And can we do it faster? Can we do it like this, like that? And so I do remember that there were, you know, three or four songs in there that completely ended up being very different than what we had planned already originally <laughs> because of just the fact that we were open to different things. And so, you know, there are some, there's a beautiful uh, song in trio style, which is a Spanish romantic uh, Mexican style of music with the harmonies and guitars. There are some, there are a little bit more like pop rock and roll. There are some that are salsa, you know, and, and that's it. There's mariachi music. Uh, there's some so that are a little bit more medita- meditative songs. You know, so it, it just it just created a variety of styles and the, the songs to give opportunity to folks to try different things. Hmm. We're going to play one a tr- uh, couple of tracks from the album. So I guess you pick and I'll play, and okay. we're listening to it probably okay. halfway through and then talk about yeah. that particular piece. All right, I'll tell you what. I'll try a couple of things. We'll do first track number six, which is called okay. Light My Heart, Transforma Mi Vida. It's one of Eliazar's pieces. Okay, tell me, tell us a story about this a particular piece. 
Eleazar came with this, came up with this song almost entirely the way it's written there, except that this, we we refined the style a little bit. He he brought he sat up with a guitar and played it. It's a beautiful song that is designed for preparation of the gifts, you know, and, and it's a kind of a low time in the mass, uh, and 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 it's a, more about opening yourself to the um, to the, the the influence of God in your heart, you know, and so. Um, which is sometimes it becomes a mystery, and and he says it in the song, you know, and 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 it's it's very lovely the way he handled the the, the melody and the chord changes, and so there was a lot of it that we Bob and I looked at each other and said, wow, this song is just beautiful, and then it was just a matter of honing, how are we going to do this? Are we going to do it as a trio style? Are we going to do it as a mariachi style? And you know, and it ended up being a trio style. Uh, Eliezer also wanted to have a, a female singer start this, and so there's a lovely. Uh, Contribution from Anna Bettencourt, who's one of our studio singers, and so she did a beautiful job with this. But the style, you know, is very guitar oriented in the Mexican style of trio music, which is a requinto, which is like a solo guitar. And there's some nylon strings uh, that are just strumming the beat, you know, and there's a little bit of bass guitar. And then our producer, who is just terrific, you know, Rick Modlin is a, uh, the producer of this uh, recording. Uh, had an idea of adding a little piano, which sounds like a little Cuban, you know, and it just added a great touch. So uh, then Elias Art put some strings to it, and it just became, it became a really beautiful song. So, you know, if you want to spin it, it would be great. Okay, great. Light my heart. We'll be back in a moment.
but it's really worked out very beautiful. People have told me not only that it's beautiful for this moment, you know, in which I was thinking in terms of our cultures come together and whoever we are in that culture make us one. But people tell me, wow, mm-hmm. this will work really well for a wedding too. You know, two families come together. And so whoever we are with our joys and our triumphs and our tears and our scares and our sorrows make us one. So sometimes this can work also as a great wedding. Wow. Okay, we're going to play this track and we'll be back and kind of tell us about the uh, how you actually handle the recording. And then also uh, we'll talk about you know some music that we can use uh, uh, in ritual celebrations like weddings and during the uh, during Lent or Easter and so forth. We'll be back and this title is called again in Spanish. Every single thing we are. So track three. Todas nuestras vidas. Okay, I'm gonna get better with my Spanish. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's go ahead and play it. Oh, 
Jaime, kind of tell us about this particular recording when you actually is a very pretty piece, uh, real nice key, comfortable, uh, comfortable in singing with. Tell us about how you actually, when you walk into the studio, how you actually layer this uh, this piece together. Okay. Uh, I knew I knew right away that because of the nature of what that song, is, where it falls in the liturgy, you know, in the mass, I knew that mm-hmm. it could be easily uh, sung first by a soloist and then grow into something where the choir would come in and that would also in turn invite the community to, to come in. So, I wanted I wanted the piece to grow vocally so that people would kind of listen to it first and then go, okay, I can jump into this and then jump in and sing. So the, we designed it that way too. The soloist begins and little by little a, a group of people come and start singing and then after that the big full choir comes at the end. Um, I also, uh, it's funny, you know, there, there are some things that you already have in your head. That, my my wife is the soloist in that song, my wife Carrie, and she did a really, really beautiful job. It was really oh, nice yeah. You know, so really, she did terrific. So uh, I know I wanted to sing this with her. I I, wa- I knew that I wanted to. Uh, there's a, a keyboard called a Wurlitzer, or the musicians call it a Whirly. It, it, it was famous. Uh, Ray Charles played it a lot. You know, and uh, sometimes uh, Nora Jones plays Whirlies. And they're, they're a little small keyboard. They're a really beautiful, specific sound. I wanted the Whirly sound on that. So we literally had to get a keyboard that has a worldly sound, you know, and and, uh, and Rick Modlin, our producer, played the keyboard part in that sound. And and that was very specific, too. Um, we, we wanted it to, to start very, very simple, and, and even though we wanted it to grow, we, want, we knew that we didn't want to get too big with it. So we added a little flute part that was just starkly coming here and there. And then uh, there was, uh, Rick brought the idea of having some string parts put in up, you know, just to kind of fatten it up a little bit. But basically, it started from a very simple idea of just having the whirly and having the two voices, which was my wife and I, you know, just singing back and forth on the language. Um, I, I wanted to make sure that the song was written entirely in English and entirely in Spanish, and that, that's the case when you see the score. It's all in English. You can sing it in English if you want to or in Spanish if you want to. But her and I did the demo, you know, the demonstration of how you can go back and forth between the two languages. Um, the, the the choir arrangement is from Rick and, and myself, you know, and it's just a matter of just having a three-part harmony. We didn't want something too thick, something that would be a little transparent, so we, we, we created the parts very simply. But I also... I also wanted to make sure that, that the parts were, uh, you know, added a nice feel to it, but at the same time, very simple. And, then, and and so, you know, in the studio, we just did it like that. Whirly first, soloist second, with a little bit of guitars. The band just played very gently. And then we added the strings, we added the flute, and then at the end, the choir came to sing. And it ended up being a very simple but very beautiful piece. Well, lastly, this, I'm sorry, got that feedback problem for a second. So what we're going to do is we're going to continue part two of this particular interview next week uh, with your other two colleagues to talk a little bit more about the album. In the meantime, what do you want to leave us with, leave the audience with regarding this album? Well, since we have not played one of Bob's tracks, 
why don't we leave uh, the the, uh, the recording with one of Bob Hurt's tracks, and he's got some very okay. very nice pieces. So we'll do the first one. You know, Donde Dos o Tres, where two or three. It's a piece that we do as we begin liturgy, as we gather. Donde Dos o Tres, where two or three are gathered in my name. There I am in the midst of. So that's a Bob Hurt track. Okay, give me a second. One, two we'll or see three. you next week with all your listeners. No problem. Really appreciate it. Thank you. We'll talk next week. Take care. Thanks, Tim. Thanks. Bye-bye. Donde dos o tres se reúnen en mi nombre, ahí estoy en medio de ellos, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Oh, 